Beautiful listeners, you know we love you, and we appreciate all the support you've given us to this point. If you would like to further support us in our art, in our effort to allow these wonderful conversations to continue to take place, head over to patreon.com slash inside the sound. Guitar work ages like fine wine, doesn't it? For real, dude. All good guitar work does. Well, hey there, everybody. We want to welcome you. You are now inside the sound. I'm MJ. And I am Ryan. And you're welcome. For, you know... Bringing you some joy today. Listen to some righteous rock and roll. I don't know about you, man, but there's something about a good song or a good lyric or a good riff just that improves my mood. <laughs> and uh, we're of the open-minded musician type. 100%. Of personality, meaning what were we watching earlier? And I think I teared up a little bit. Like I felt it in my heart. What, when, when we, we watched Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston do a duet? Yeah, that's like a... I don't even know. Hashtag that's like the ultimate The ultimate duo there. I don't know if you can get... Vocal duo. Two more exciting female vocalists together and, and get a better sound. I, I, you know? It's, it's hard to come up with other... You know, we sort of came across... A, we didn't even listen to it, but there was a Barbara Streisand, Celine Dion team up. They're like, eh... <laughs> no offense, we love you so we're <laughs> not even you Barbara we love you too we'd like to not acknowledge the fact that we appreciate the talent oh yeah of, of all professional and amateur musicians At every level it's just everyone has a certain taste and that's just inevitable yeah that's and that's okay that's okay I think you should be able to express that and no one gets offended by it. Like, if someone told me that they thought our song was terrible, like, you have... <laughs> I don't think that'll ever happen, but... They have the right to say it. I sure mean, they do. There's nothing They're wrong to. with that. They're allowed to call me out on Twitter and, and think I'm a, 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 a weirdo, a ninny, whatever. I've, I've had a few names thrown at me recently. A few sensitive... I've hit a few nerves. <laughs> I love all of you. Every last one of you. Thank you for tweeting me. I, I really do appreciate it. We also consider all of our listeners to be super intelligent, super insightful. Sensitive. True lovers of music. We have the best listeners in the world. I agree. We really do. For real. No doubt. No doubt. Remember No Doubt? That's a good band. Sorry. <laughs> no Doubt? Yeah. Don't speak. Is that good? <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. Come on, I want to sing that one. <laughs> I, would to- that. I would cover that song in a heartbeat. You know, surprisingly, uh, 
don't speak. The musicianship was there for them. Like, remember the oh, guitar yeah. solo on that song? There's no... Um, it was like a Spanish-sounding acoustic there. Yeah, for real. Don't speak. That guitar player had some catchy riffs. Yeah, they really did. They were a good mix of... Like, the ska punk stuff that like sort of they came from, and they really turned that into something that everyone can listen to. Right. Boy, those were some times, right? Back in the 90s. Isn't that right, Gwen? Thanks for hanging <laughs> out with us today. She didn't want to get on the mic, but... I get it. You're shy. It's fine. It's cool, Gwen. Thanks for being here with us. That's why we, we know mentioned you're No Doubt, you know? Appreciate you. No Doubt. So, last week we talked about Inside the Lines and Behind the Lines. We did. And there was part of you that really felt a connection to those lyrics especially and you wanted to talk about that and go over them a little bit i do yeah i mean we'll sort of chop up the song let you guys hear some of it we're going to release this song here at the end of this podcast where uh, we will let you hear it in full and we will go ahead and release it individually so you can hear it just by itself uh, on the channel but behind the lines has a lot of meaning uh for me with the word um you know life can sometimes be a battle and we see it every day right in social media we see it on the news especially if you it. start social media battles oh well yeah you know hashtag uh don't be chicken joe hashtag don't be chicken jocko hashtag uncle chill anyway <clears throat> chicken <laughs> but i'm just saying like we, with the way that modern life is set up it, it kind of feels like a battleground doesn't it for your attention for your time and, you know, people battle for our attention in our, in our time, too. And, and sometimes, well, here, let me just play the song. This is the one with the, um, with the this is the extended version with your solo, Ryan. Should I play along to it on my acoustic? <laughs> if you want to. It's a little acoustic. I love this hook, man. Push aside the world I can't deny. Another time to feed and run and hide behind the lines. Hold me down or I will fall. Further down I can't control. The way I feel, I keep it all inside. That background riff is the one we argued over, right? Oh, yeah. I think we talked about that last week, that I fought it. <laughs> yeah, you did, man. You did. And then you just played it one day, and I decided to play over it. And then when I heard myself over it, then I liked it. Yeah, I agree. We really, um, we really had to sort of come to terms with it and figure out what was going to fit. But I you know, ultimately think that what we came up with really fit the vibe of what I was trying to get to. I mean, you guys heard the lyrics there. Uh, Push aside the world, I can't deny. Another time defeated, run and hide behind the lines. Hold me down or I will fall. I honestly never knew what the song was about, <laughs> so I'm kind of interested to hear myself. <laughs> as sad as that is to say, I don't really know some of the time. I think what it is is that we become our own warden, our own, like we lock ourselves in our own prisons when we rely on other people to save us. And so the chorus. 
This is the second verse, hold on. Here's the chorus. To lose is all I am. Can I break the chains and they keep me here? And sin for myself. Yeah, yeah. For myself. Yeah, yeah. You know, just asking myself the question, why do I have to lose? Why do I have to identify as the loser? You know, for so long, that's what it was when you're a little music nerd band nerd. <laughs> you know, you just sort of, I don't know, I, I just, I kind of just thought that I was nothing special for much of my life. And this song is a way for me to get out sort of almost like therapy, but just like to get out what I couldn't express with words, what it would take me hours to explain about how I feel, and I can condense it down to a, well, to a rockin' tune. The second verse is probably my favorite verse, even though I didn't put it first. I didn't put it second. Hold on. That bass again. I love the bass part, dude. So glad you made me play it. Living in fear, folks. There's something here worth fighting for. There's something else for me here deep inside. You know, that's the other thing too, man. Like finding something within yourself to fight for. Like realizing that you're worth it, man. Realizing that, that you've got something beautiful deep down inside of you that's worth making a stand for. That's what this song is about, man. That's kind of what we are trying to do in our lives. Not trying, we are doing. It, we brother. are doing. I mean, really, you're the one that taught me that to not try, just do. And uh, I feel like there's probably millions and millions of people out there that can relate to the idea that you're forced to suppress something about yourself that you cherish, that is unique to you as an individual, and the fact that more people don't feel like they can let that out is a little depressing to me because there's only going to be one of you ever. Yeah. There's only going to be one MJ ever. The greatest. There's only going to be one Ryan ever. There's only going to be one Rebecca ever. <laughs> it's not going to work. Quit trying to embarrass me. So, you know, we have to let it, we have to let it out. We have to let that creativity, that talent, whatever it is, we, we have to let that out. We, we have to find the courage to never stop singing, folks. And for us, music is it. Music is it. And bringing positivity to the world in any way we can is also part of it. So we're really, that's one of the big... Uh, rallying cries that we're trying to let out here well that's what the whole anthem guitar crime was about is about you know anybody that thinks that you can't make a living by embracing the art that's inside of you whatever it is right music or maybe you are really good with stencils you know with with pencils i mean like comic it, book art but, oh my gosh there's a whole 
unto itself. And you got manga, you've got, I mean, <laughs> East and Western minds doing that kind of stuff. Sculpting. Just, oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Um, the written word. Are, you know, oh, yeah. authors. Authors, yeah, that's another field that kind of gets the same rap, right? For real. People think that if you say you want to be a writer, they're like, oh boy, good luck. Go go work for a blog somewhere, you know, go go blog some for some sports team or something, you know. It just feels wrong that people, and, and not everyone does it. Obviously, we're not trying to blanket the whole entire world when we say these things, but there right. is a general sentiment that if you go down one of these creative paths... It's, there's kind of like an eye rolling. I don't, I don't really know how to explain it. Yeah, I've gotten the eye roll. <laughs> so I, you know, I will share with the, the listeners, you know, I, I share guitar crime with my dad and I got the biggest compliment of my life. He said that, you know, kind of reminded him of Jimi Hendrix. Have you heard all along the watchtower? I shared this with everybody. Made my day, made my life, made me cry, made me sing for joy. Uh, even though, yes, I'm well aware, dad. <laughs> I know, I know a lot of Jimmy's deep cuts, okay? Um, but it's the fact that he was willing to sh- open up and share that with me. And then at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm proclaiming things on Twitter. I'm, I'm tweeting Donald Trump and saying things like, I'm the greatest musician of my generation. And he goes, Michael, 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 you're talented, but Michael, Michael, the greatest Michael? I, Michael. And, you know, it's okay. It, it is okay for you to think that you're something special if nobody else thinks it. Even your parents, even your friends, even your coworkers, even your spouse. I mean, literally, as long as you believe in yourself, you can accomplish anything if you give your whole self to it. And if it's what you're meant to do, don't let anybody tell you different. Especially if you have a plan, if you, if you know how you're going to get there. Especially if you have a partner in crime. <laughs> It does help to have a team. Surround yourself with good people. It's an interesting thought. Yeah, you know, I and I think I've been really, really fortunate. I, I, and I really, I can't chalk this up to anything but circumstance and luck. But I've been surrounded by the best musicians, like the best musicians. Whether or not it was remotely through my ear, through like music, um, you know, they heard on the radio or bought the CD for or it was just like the, the like I said all those people in band class and choir and, and things like that you know that I was able to um, associate with them which one of you I don't know oh, if I'm sorry I got really you. bored and I started playing I well you know what I'm I, just kidding I'm just kidding I talk about myself and you know I'm you're gonna want to listen intently folks so you know Ryan quit being a hunk face you're going to finish explaining, or did you did you explain why those words meant so much to you? Well, you know, the, the last... Lines, was there anything else in there? Yeah, the, the bridge. And then the bridge, it says, you know, when you're living by an eye for an eye, you will go blind. Um, something to that effect. And if you're living by an eye for an eye, the world goes blind, or the word world will go blind, or something like that. And that's a very old, very biblical principle, folks. I mean, it's but it's true. It's written down uh, by ancient people. <laughs> Uh, because there's, you know, think about what an eye for an eye really does. Look at the U.S. and China. Look at the history of China with the West and China with Japan. And look how many times China's been bent over backwards and just, like, taken for a ride. You know, in their history. So you're going political here on a no. music show? I like that. That's cool. <laughs> Dan Carlin taught me a lot. And I, That's and I cool. See, I like that. Well, we can get political if you want to. We don't. Donnie boy. We don't want to talk <laughs> politics. We don't. 
But if you look at like you look at countries that have a chip on their shoulder, you understand why. But there's a beauty in using that chip, right? Like just like people who said that I couldn't make a living as a musician, using that to fuel something for good. You know, you can you can use negative. You can absorb someone's negative energy, and you can absorb the negative energy from a country, absorb it and use it for good, and actually help other people, help other countries, help poor people around the world. That can be done. The U.S. has that kind of power if we so chose to. When you say that, I think of some of the elite Hall of Fame level professional athletes in in all the sports. Everything that they heard coming up from their coaches, from their peers, from their family members that said they couldn't do X, they couldn't do Y, they, they remembered that vividly and it fueled them to become what they were like they like you said they took that negativity and turned it into fuel to do something positive how many people told michael jordan he couldn't make it when he was a little kid really i'd like to know michael do you know you could tell us probably probably more than should have (laughs) you know and then he became the greatest the greatest i don't think it's in dispute he's the greatest basketball player I don't think so. So it's all about what you believe is possible and what, if you're willing to put the time in to make it happen, if you're willing to put the the sacrifices. Those sacrifices uh, sometimes can feel like they, it's a lot to pay to live your dream. But it's a bigger sacrifice to not live your dream, folks. It really is. Like that's that's... That's actually the worst case scenario because then you're controlled by the whims of culture. You're controlled by the, if you go work for someone else and you have no other means to like take care of yourself in the world, you kind of are subject to somebody somewhere. I kind of think of the risk versus regret. Ooh, good one. And when it, for us, I think we're both on the same page with it. We had all this music that we created almost a decade ago and never really released it we never got to tour or do any of the things that we wanted to uh we we've always wanted to create some type of means of communication like this to get positivity out into the world and there just came a point where you have to ask yourself is it a risk yes but is the is going or is experiencing those risks and putting yourself in that situation uh taking that risk better said is that going to be of more value to you than regretting later on in life not taking the risk and to me i'm just i'm ready to take the risk i'm ready to make music and what we're doing here the number one and it's worth it to me because I don't want to regret not using the talent that I've been given, not not trying to do something positive in the world. So I agree. I mean, I'm willing to take the risk to reach out to some of my old heroes, people that I used to look up to and say, oh my gosh, I can never be on your level, who now are my peers. In terms of my capabilities, my raw talent, you know, we are, we there are peers, I mean, uh, you know, but it's taken us a while. I wouldn't have come out and said I'm the greatest musician of my generation if I couldn't back it up, frankly. 
And to be able to be that confident and reach out to, to people who we admire and respect so much and bring them on the show, because we really want to share the musical or origin stories of uh, quite a few musicians, uh, amateur and professional, because it's important, I think, to hear the perspective from other people's experience. I mean, think about what um, each individual person has to go through to get to that level of a Joe Satriani or get to that level of, uh, you know, of a slash or, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. There's a journey there. I believe I mentioned before, that's one of the reasons why I really liked reading guitar magazines and watching music documentaries. Oh, yeah. Because I could relate to those beginning stages. Like, no one, unless... <laughs> Unless you're like the ultimate prodigy, you know, which there there are some of those children out there. But most people, the first time they pick up their instrument of choice, it's not going to go too well. No. It takes time. Even in an instrument like the piano, where anybody can take their finger and make it like one note sound good. Like that's not hard. But getting it to the level of a Jordan Rudess, let's say. Boy, <laughs> that takes... That doesn't just take time. It takes struggle. It takes suffering. It I mean, it takes every ounce to get to that level. We watched that video, Dream Theater. Was it a new song? or? I believe so. Jordan Rudess. I think it was like four days ago that they posted it. I could be wrong. My man, let me just talk to you directly, sir. I cannot believe how insane your keyboard stand is. You can tilt it. You've got the GoPro on it. Brother, I, I just... You know, right right when I think I've reached the pinnacle of live performance on the keys, I watch Jordan. And I go, oh, yeah, that's right. I still have things to learn. <laughs> this guy's tilting the piano. He's spinning it around. Uh, just uh, how? And how can he do that at the same time of the high level of syncopation you've got to be with those other musicians? Like, to be on the beat the way those guys are, I mean, dream theater. Ha, oh, they're so good. Um, yeah, I mean, so Jordan, really, like, brother, what you're doing is, is revolutionary on the keys. I mean, you are, you're a pioneer, man. It's just, it's, it's so inspiring. What's funny is you look at each and every one of their faces as they play, and it looks effortless. They're doing ridiculous musical things, and it looks effortless. Do you know how John never breaks a sweat when he's playing the guitar? Have you ever witnessed John Petrucci break a sweat? Ever! Ever, John! Not a single time, man! Not a time. And by the way, I don't know about you, but like I've seen John play with uh, short hair and little goatee, and I've seen him you know, with the long hair, long man beard and long hair. Uh, I gotta admit, I, I, I like the old man look with the long hair. When he's just like on stage with this little guitar, um, I say little guitar, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what it is? It's like, can you, it's hard to believe that the kind of tone can come out of a little instrument that, that small that you can just hold in your hands. And it's this wall of sound that hits you. It's, it's, oh man, it's so good. And you hear him play with Jordan and then you hear, I mean, the drummer, the whole thing, dude, the whole thing blows my, it blew my mind. The whole thing was just so incredible. As a matter of fact, I think after we're done recording, I need to hear another one from them. <laughs> that was so awesome, man. <laughs> it was so awesome. <laughs> so awesome and it makes me wonder who told those guys that they couldn't play right who told those those dudes that their dream wasn't going to be uh, you got to go have that nine to five got to put that guitar away you're too loud put that guitar away son get back to your homework 
Guitar is not a crime. No. No, neither is neither is singing, neither is the keys, neither are any instrument that you devote your time to. If you're a harmonica player, like I respect you at any level. You know? It's amazing. There's an element to when you make music, there's a little piece of you that you're giving away to the world. And there's some vulnerability there. You know what I mean? You're going to be subject to criticism. You're going to be subject to, like I talked about earlier, not everyone is going to like your music, and that's fine. I think my favorite insult uh, when I've played live is to have, this actually happened in high school, um, somebody shouted out, play some Metallica! And I'm like, I don't know any! <laughs> what were you playing at the time? Uh, I think we were playing uh, Payable on Death. I forget the name of the song anymore. This was in a different high school. This was in Clovis. And I just sort of, on the last minute, there was a really talented drummer, and I can't remember their names anymore, a really talented drummer and really talented guitar player, and they needed a third. And so I borrowed my buddy Nathan's bass, and I borrowed the bass amp from the, the, one of the high school band directors, Mr. Faulkner. Was, uh, he was just super cool, man. He let me, he let me gig, uh, not really gig, but you know the school talent show type of gig, right, with this school equipment. <laughs> so I got to plug in that bass, and we played a... Uh, if I can remember the tune. I have to, uh, it's, too, it's too far in the memory banks. I, I could probably think of it if I went through uh, P.O.D.'s uh, catalog. Was it Butterfly? What was that band? No, Payball and Death, P.O.D. Uh, it was one of their early hits, and I'm trying to remember. It was Alive or something like that. I think Alive was one of their big hits. Right. Uh, it was something like that, and, and I got the What was their biggest hit? I thought it was Alive. It yeah. was? I think so. Um, I, I'm, having a, I'm having a hard time recalling the tune. I could look them up. But we played, and then um, they were like, play some Metallica. And I'm like, I can't, I don't know that. But then uh, the, in the time between, we, we played our little one song, right? And then other people went and did their thing. And then we were going to play out, like, as people were leaving. So, <laughs> which is pretty cool when you think about it. They let us do that. They taught me in that little couple-of-minute interlude the bass part to, um, what's the name of that uh, uh, Lenny Kravitz song. I want to get away. I'm on a fly away. Yeah. It might just be fly away. Something like that. So that song, again, without vocals, it was just the instrumental part, but they taught me the bass part while I was sitting there waiting. And then we played that like to, to end the, <laughs> I learned it on the spot, dude. <laughs> Lenny Kravitz, huh? Oh, are you kidding? How do you not like Lenny? Lenny Kravitz. Come on, man. I really, Wait, you're you're saying you're not into Lenny? How do you not love Lenny? He's a legend. He's a he's a solid guitar player, bro. He's one of the best. I appreciate his singing. <laughs> I mean, he's a fantastic singer. He's a fantastic. He's a fantastic singer. singer. He's a fantastic guitar player. If you sat in session with Lenny Kravitz, I bet you could come up with some cool stuff. That man is talented. I I don't really know much about his guitar playing. You haven't dug deep enough to his catalog, man. That dude can play. Are you going my way? Come on. He's not a cover. I don't care. I guess I'm a little upset with his American Woman cover. American Woman! Because he didn't play that little... Was it, a, was it originally a little synth lead? I'm having I'm having a hard time because I don't remember the name of the band that did that. It's a big from back in the day. What was the name of the band that, that did American Woman? Um, I'd have to Google it. 
I'm on yeah. airplane mode, so I'm not. <laughs> I can't Google it. He left that lead part out. That's okay. He put his own take on it, and he made that song big again. I mean, come on. You lo- I love bands that can do that, too. They'll take an old song. I mean, goodness, what about Mariah Carey? Mariah Carey, um, what was the song she covered that we just watched today? It was, um, I know, I mean, eh. it's like a Jackson 5 cover or something like that. And she made it her own, dude. Like, I respect that tremendously. I need to get my research tool. I don't want to name <laughs> all this stuff off without giving proper credit. I don't mind. I don't mind being wrong. Give him credit. I want to give credit where credit is due. All right, give some credit. While Ryan's uh, getting some credit, I can play a little tune for you guys. Let's see. You like that? It's a little too loud. You think you know just how this next part sounds. So that's a little main riff from Guitar Crime. <laughs> I can't believe the tone I get out of this. I've been I've been hitting up orange amplifiers on social media quite heavily, folks. Um, not gonna deny. I, I you know I would be willing to have a conversation about sponsorship, folks, because this little orange amp that I'm plugged into in this little board, I can't get enough of it. It's the best amp I've ever plugged into. Sort of switch. I just, I love this little amp. It's the best little amp ever. It's so loud for such a tiny little, little, I can, I can hold it in one hand. And I can literally take it in my backpack. I can actually remember, um, Nathan, if you're listening, do you remember back when we were kids and we would sit in your room, right? We had these little practice amps and we would joke and say like, well, what would be the craziest thing? The craziest thing would be a tiny little amp that you could play a, a loud show with, like with a full drum set and be heard. And I remember thinking at the time that that would actually be impossible to happen. And then I walked into Guitar Center a little while back, whatever, a week or so ago, and bought something that I could have only have dreamed about. Didn't even think could be possible. And it exists. I bought it, dude. It exists. I can't believe that Orange could come up with this, dude. It is a cool little lamp. I think I need one of those, too. Yeah, for real. Um, you know, Orange. <clears throat> Just, you know, hit us Orange. Up. DM me, Orange. Orange uh, amplification. You know, although I saw Vox uh, came out with a little mini tube amp as well. They, I've seen that. I think my brother has it. Does he? Yeah. Uh, how, how many watts? Do you know? They wouldn't answer. I don't I know. Them. I don't know how many watts it is. The one that watts. It had built-in effects on it. I don't know if it has built-in effects. I only saw the picture on Instagram. I'm pretty sure the one he has. It's has like a mini version of a larger amp that has the tube. You know, so you still get that tube sound, but it's, um, you know, it's just a. I like portable gear. I really do, man. I love gear that's small that you can take anywhere play in a hotel room play in your bed and the cool thing about this orange amp it's so versatile that it's replaced both my custom pro you know amp that again the legend the man himself tony crank put together with his own hands in his garage i i I went ahead and put that in storage and then my line six practice amp that you know was sort of the little go-to for practicing quietly in my room with headphones if i needed to i don't need it i'm going to sell it I, i just 
the orange amp is literally the only amp I'm going to need for this next album, period. I, I, you know, it's incredible to me that you can get such versatility out of something so small. Yeah, What's incredible. the name of the brand again? <laughs> Apple, right? Apple amps. Is that what it's called? I think it was orange, right? Are you sure? Cherry? <laughs> um, it's cherry, folks. For all the people that, that cared, American Woman was released in 1970 by the Guess Who. They're called the Guess Who? The Guess Who. So not the Who. Not Who. Not Who. No. Okay. The Guess, guess Who. Guess Who. Is that because they wanted to be like further up in the alphabet than the who and that's why who knows the guess who huh well folks uh at the guess who I, i'm sorry i don't know your work that well uh because american woman is a solid song i love i love that song <laughs> like that's a good one living without you what's that uh, Mariah Carey covered that song. I believe that's what it called. I want to. I want to see who originally uh, sang that song. Oh, okay. Living without you. Yeah, I got to give it to Mariah. I mean, it's not just about that woman having pipes. She's got range. Like her her uh, her musicality is quite stunning. I mean, she's probably one of the best of all time. And that's no knock on the others. I mean, that's no knock on Whitney. That's no knock on Celine. That's no knock on any of these. Amazing, amazing vocalist, but I, Mariah's got a special place in our hearts, I'm sure. At least for some of us, anyway. I love when a vocalist can create the ups and downs within the song based on how much of their voice they're using. I agree. I mean, any good instrumentalist does the same thing. Being able to just sort of nail a track and to do it live. I mean, live performance is probably the hardest thing. I don't know. For most musicians, it's, it's the hardest thing for me to do with my skills is just perform live. Um, and so there's that performance anxiety, I think, that a lot of performers get. Um, but it helps to understand that even people like Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston and, and some of these, you know, just top-end musicians and, and singers and guitar players, all of them have insecurities, right? All of them have. They, they all started somewhere, regardless of their talents or gifts. They all had a place to begin. And I think right. we forget that we, we all have to start somewhere. All right, here we go. All right, what do you got? The song is actually just called Without You. Okay, Without You. Originally released in 1971 by Harry Nilsson. Okay. Not heard his name. I'm not. Nielsen Schmilson is the name of the album. Oh, okay. So that dude had some pipes and had some songwriting ability. For sure. Remember we, we were listening to Bill Withers? Oh, Bill Withers. Don't even get me started on oh, Bill Oh, please Withers. get started on Bill. He's amazing. <laughs> like, how many? You have heard so many of Bill's hits. And, and you, you don't, don't even know, know who he is. You don't even know it's him. Ah, he's so good. And then the, the, just the two of us, when, when Will Smith covered that one, I'm actually, even though you kind of scoffed at it, I, you know, you were laughing. And I was like, I actually liked the Will Smith cover. Well, I, li I mean, I liked it, but when you hear the original. The original's better, folks. No offense, Will. You'll get there someday. He knows that. <laughs> no, he I, sampled it. I mean. Well, you know, what's cool about Will is that like, he, get, he, got, he got that song popular again, 
right? For the kids. And, and that was huge. I mean, that, that, that song of his, just the two of us, um, right around the time we were in high school, that was big for Will Smith. That was a big, big hit for him. I'm still humming that bass line in my head. Oh, yeah. Can you hum it for the... For the <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, and we were on sort of a little... Um, we got off on a major tangent, I think. We did. <laughs> you mean right now, or do you mean when we were listening to Bill? Uh, both. Both times. Because we were first, we were first going through some of the Stevie Wonder's catalog together. Reminded myself why he will always be the master. <laughs> Swiss Army knife of all. What musicians. song did we listen to? And then we went over to Bill. For once in my life. For once in my life. Oh my gosh! I can't even reproduce. Ah, every bass line. On every Stevie Wonder sound, every Stevie Wonder song just kicks, just slaps. It's just so smooth, so melodic, so rhythmic. I mean, every everything that everything he does. It's magic. It's pure magic. He's a wizard. He is a wizard. Bless you, Stevie. We love you. He played the drums on a lot of those tracks too. That's the one thing I couldn't do. I had to like hire superstition? someone. Like superstition? Oh drums gosh. at the beginning? Where did he come up with that? How did he do that? Like, yeah. How did he do that? Um, when I did my solo record, I did everything. I, had, I featured you on purpose on a song because I wanted you to participate. Because I'm awesome? Yeah, you are awesome. I, I wanted the world to know you. But uh, I, I couldn't. that's the one thing I couldn't do at a professional level was play the drums. And I, I was just too early on in my... It would have taken too much time. I didn't have enough time in the studio. So I had to hire someone, uh, which Bobby, Bobby Hamilton, which is a... He's a professional drummer. He's drummed for some, some big, you know, country band. He's, he's in the industry. He knows his stuff, you know. And I was able to, um, you know, really connect with him and really make some beautiful music because he was so open to my stuff. I mean, he was amazing, too. Um, but you know, a good drummer's worth their price. They're worth their weight in gold times a million, man. It, and the fact that Stevie Wonder is—that's just one of his many. <laughs> like he is a professional drummer and a professional singer and a master level. You know, I mean, heck, hear hear the guy play the harmonica for heaven's sake. I mean, my goodness. Yeah, we forget about that. You forget that he's he's as good in the harmonica as any harmonica player that's ever lived. <laughs> Just, his leads it's just are just one of this thing. It's just one of the things he can just pull off the top of his head. His leads are amazing, man. Oh yeah, the leads. I mean, um, the, he and the, he picks I mean, the right notes. There's no doubt about that. And then the piano work, you know. And as a as a keyboard player, as a pianist, you gotta respect. I mean, well, and all of those musicians from that day. There was a lot of good piano work that I think goes unnoticed. I think even to this day, a lot of good keyboard players who are making those that music, right, in the video game world and the TV world and the movies and all that stuff, there's a lot of piano players out there that aren't getting their due because it's so ubiquitous. I mean, it's the only instrument that's as ubiquitous as the guitar, really, I think, in popular music. There's a lot of studio musicians that, that played a major role in really big hits that you'll never probably even know their name. Ah, for real. I love hearing those stories, though. I mean, there was a... A Muscle Shoals documentary I saw on Netflix that kind of highlighted what was so special about that time and what was so special about that recording studio. Some of the studio musicians and such that went in there and some of those songs and ideas. Oh, yeah. You're leading in with those drums. Can't get enough of that, dude. 
Perfect beat for that song. Perfection. Perfection in a beat. What would I sing to it? How would I dance to it? That's still, to this day, man, I talk about Victor Wooten in that master class, that one time at Guitar Center. It's like a four-hour thing. It's amazing what you can learn from just one master musician in just one short session, you know what I'm saying? Well, you hear the music, but you don't understand necessarily the individual process and hmm. their vision for what they were trying to do, how they go about it in general when it comes to writing music. Every, every artist has their own unique method, I think. I would agree. I would feel the same way you know, we talked about earlier, lyricists and, and people who, and writers and things like that. And, and there's such a connection there, right? Between authors, po poets, people like that, and, and lyricists, right? People who write songs, song lyrics. And to capture, I don't know, it's to capture that, that vision on the, on the page and write it down. Does it matter to you which comes first like a, a lot of times we wrote the music and then you kind of um wrote the vocals based on what you were feeling in relation to the music but i'm sure you probably had an idea for vocals before the music was written does it matter which way it goes and how often do you think it is one way or the other i think it's going to vary for each um composer each songwriter i think in my own experience, it's easier to come up with a beat, like start with the foundation. It's just like you're building a building, you want the foundation, right? So I'm usually going to start with a tempo, right? How fast or slow does it need to go? And you know, a lot of times with my, with my stage keyboard, it's just so convenient because it's got so many different professional sounding drum kits on it and so many different grooves that I can just pick a groove and just start. So that for me is the quickest way to get into that hyper productivity zone where I'm really cooking, I'm really writing music on the spot. But there are times when words will float to me in a dream. I, I kid you not. I will hear, I will hear sentences spoken to me in dreams, or I'll hear like, um, just in the middle of the day, I'll hear a whisper, and I go, "I got to write this down. I got to write this down." And and it'll that'll become the song, you know. Um, or I'll be in the middle of working a song, and then I'll set it down for a long, long time, even years, and then the words will float to me. That actually happened with "Take Me Home." Did you know that? I didn't know that. So when I started writing Take Me Home, it was with another musician. Um, his name was Aaron. And he was really talented on the acoustic guitar. And he kind of came up with some of that uh, main riff. He came up with this part. You know, the part was like... And then I did the little... So um, he helped me come up. Actually, we both sat down and wrote the lyrics. We, worked, we wrote the first verse together. I didn't write the second verse. Yeah, I mean, I didn't write the second verse for a good year or so after I sat with him. And then, well, I played it for you, and you liked it. And then we started playing the riff in front of other people at parties and stuff, and they liked it. Everyone is like that. There's not a single person that didn't like that song from when we played it, right? So it took me a while to come up with the rest of the song. It, I, the song had to breathe. It had to pause. Just like my life sometimes has pauses in it, songs do too, you know? You want to try it? See if you can play it? I can hear it. Oh boy, I'm rusty. It's not so easy, and I've grown old. 
Honestly, I, had to, I don't even remember how to play the whole song. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember the bridge or the chorus at the moment. I'd have to play through it with my fingers to remember. My fingers remember, I don't. Can you pull that one up? Yeah, sure. I, I honestly don't remember uh, how to play it. It's, it's pretty weird when you recorded something so long ago that you don't really remember how to play it. For real. Trying to hear this song. What do you? I'm having fun. Look what do you moment. think, you Ingvae Malmsteen over there <laughs> trying to solo? You know, if Fender would give me a guitar with scallops, we'll buy one eventually. song so much I'm gonna let the whole thing play. <laughs> like that bass line there? Oh yeah dude. You did that didn't you? Yeah I did. Yeah you did. Even though my flesh is weak my heart is still yours it's still yours. Who sang that song? Who sang that song? I sang it. Why don't you let him sing it? <laughs> I am letting him sing it. <laughs> it's right there you help me see that I'm worth so much more Love how it builds, dude. This is like the second chorus, and it's still a clean guitar. I love that we wait. I don't know if I remember how to play the guitar solo in this either. Come on, you can figure it out. It's my favorite guitar. Well, one of my favorites. Even. Really? Yeah, it's the reason why I kept the song. You like the guitar solo? Oh yeah, bro. I wasn't gonna record this song. We were gonna do one, another one, remember? The one that we I pointed out the other day. I was like, oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna do that instead, but you convinced me to do this one. Here's the solo, folks. Here we go. simple but it's it's so perfect for the song it's so articulated just in the right spot you know I, I'll play to this song every time yeah <laughs> I, I won't do more than I feel I need to even though you could pull off amazing 
runs, it's like, what's the point of doing that the whole song? There was no shredding going on in this song. I love the little background lead you did here. It was just enough. that little bend was a touch touch <laughs> off like it wasn't it wasn't no it was perfect brother almost there not quite that was that's what the song needed man need a little bit of that um twangy yeah a little bit of that country vibe kind of had kind of had a little <laughs> bit of like a twangy vibe to it's it. the mountain 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 yeah See, I love that. Yeah, that's that's just so much fun. That's the. It's just so much fun to play. I like this little acoustic guitar, man. Me too. It's uh, quite handy and portable. What's the name of the brand? What's the brand? I can't read it. Cordova. Cordova. You make a fantastic travel guitar. This thing is cool. Uh, These nylon or string? Are these nylon or string? Or, or steel? These top three are still, I think. Bottom three might be nylon. Yeah, it looks like nickel wound. The bottom three are nickel wound and the top are nylon, I think. It's a good mix. I like having both. Like, that's kind of cool. These top three, these are nylon. Yeah, it just rings out well. For such a small guitar, I'm, I'm impressed that it has the resonance it does. Yeah, do you hear that? Whoa. That's rad. Guitar. It's My built well. Bought this for herself. Really? <laughs> That's great. That's how cool my wife is, ladies and gents. <laughs> she bought her own guitar without. I didn't provoke her in the slightest to buy this <laughs> I guitar. Didn't provoke her, he said. She went out of the way, her own way, to buy herself a guitar, and she picked a really good guitar. Yeah, she has. That's cool, man. <laughs> I will admit, over the years, as I've become acquainted with her, uh, she has impeccable taste. Her music tastes are also impeccable as well. Well, she decided to marry me, so obviously her I taste you, is impeccable. I knew you were, I didn't. Okay, I, there was not a setup for you to say that. That was a setup. <laughs> anyway, I'm just saying, she does have a great taste in music. Like, I will admit that she's, uh, she's absolutely someone who has helped broaden my own horizons, for sure. I remember she gave me like a mix CD of, of music and stuff, um, just some good stuff that was like she had that she could share, and it was like not a single, I can't remember how many songs she gave me on that CD, but there was not a single one that wasn't a banger, bro, like wasn't quality music. <laughs> Every single one she chose, like, dang it, this is better than the last choice. Yeah, she's good for that. That guitar is cool, man. I like it. I still like old Betsy. She she serves me well. She's my only guitar. I'm just fiddling around on this thing, you know? Yeah, I know. We can fiddle a little bit if you want to just noodle. What are you doing? Are you down to? Okay.
riff. Should we turn this one to a song? I like this. all day. That's just on the spot. That's just on the spot. I like that one, though. That's pretty good. Oh, I like when we come up on the spot. It's hard to play lead on this thing. It's kind of hard. It's hard to play past the 12th fret? <laughs> it's hard to get past the 12th fret it's on this guitar. The, it's sort of the story of your life, isn't it? Um... <laughs> We all know <laughs> your long journey, and oh my gosh, it was almost like the like you think of an epic journey for a hero, like the ultimate struggle that they could ever face as a musician. For you, it was venturing past the twelfth fret, right? That's exactly right. particular birdie when I wrote that song. I can't get that harmonic. It came out in the recording, but it's hard to play. I just a little... This is also something we wanted to do as well, though. What? Just show people when you're writing music, you're not going to... Every note's not going to be spot on. Every note's not going to be perfect. Oh, that's, but yeah. It's part of the creation. Like, a lot of people don't of see this part. They think that that you can just show up and knock a song out <laughs> the first time, right? Sorry, folks. It's going to take you a long time to be up to first, first take MJ's level. I'm just saying. I mean, Practicing, we folks. could probably do it after we had the song written and we practiced it. That's really cocky. I really am not this cocky. I just like to be silly. Um, no, say that again. <laughs> I mean, we were to the point where we could probably could have done a first take I agree for a lot of the songs just because we had played them so many times so many times but for example when we were just sitting here tinkering around and trying to see what meshes what sounds mesh with what and yeah. in our heads and we're just you're not going to play the right note every time no and it's part of the process how many wrong notes has Slash done in his life you know what I'm saying? How many wrong notes has John Petrucci had? Can you imagine how many thousands of repetitions those dudes have done? Well, I've I've heard Slash do wrong notes on stage. So. I know. Well, yeah. I, know. I mean, we're not judging you, Slash. I'm just no, saying. no. I'm just saying everyone's human. Exactly. I mean, just because he's one of the greatest guitar players that ever lived doesn't mean he's perfect. He, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but see, I like him with his imperfection. That's what makes him so great. Exactly. I love when you hear live cuts of songs. I mean, another one that you can really get behind is watching. Boy, remember we used to just watch Stu Ham play with Joe Satriani on that. What was that jazz festival? I try to remember. It was an old. Cl- it was, we had this. The it was a Montrose DVD. Jazz Festival. Oh my gosh, dude! That. What was the name of the song? Um, it's on his album, and they played it live. But I like it better live. And it's like the one. Did he write it for his wife or something like that? It's Rubina. Was, Rubina. Bro, the live version on that DVD is actually better than. No offense, Joe. It's better than the recording. It's better than than the, it what came on the album. The live one's better. Everything, everything about. I it. would agree that everything they did live was probably better than the record. Is is sane as that sounds. They're better live. 
Well, you also had the... Excuse me. The fretless bass. I think uh, Stu Ham was playing a fretless bass on that. Everything Stu touches is gold. We were just oh, watching Stu. Stu jam out last night, was it? Yeah, it was last night. Uh, what was the name of that song? He was doing it was awesome. a guitar player. No, he had a few other musicians with him. They played the YYZ. Oh, my gosh. By dude. Rush. Uh, Mike Portnoy. Oh, that's right, Portnoy. That's right. Mike Portnoy, Stu Ham. I forgive me. I don't. I don't remember the guitar player's name. I don't either. I'm so sorry. I was too busy looking at Stu. Stu's again effortless. Have you ever seen a man enjoy playing the bass? And I've watched Victor Wooten play live. I've watched. I mean, can, no offense, Victor. Either I love you, Victor. You're you're my hero. But like Stu Ham live. I don't think it gets better than that when it comes to bass playing. And I think I think dudes like Flea and Peanut from 311 and and you know some of these major major amazing bass Josh players McKagan. would Duff, they I think they might agree. I mean no offense guys. I just Stu Ham. I mean, I can't Duff's my favorite bass player. Well, you can't go wrong with Duff though, can you? I mean, Duff is Duff has written like Duff has played some of the most classic bass lines in rock. You know? I do. What is that? Play. That's cool. I, I dig it. Anyway, um, yeah, he has. You think about think about some of the Guns N' Roses songs. Classic. Uh, um, Sweet Child of Mine. Sweet Child of Mine. We, we talked about that in another podcast. Obviously, the, the, guitar, the, the guitar riff is there, but then you get the... Yeah, you can't have Sweet Child of Mine without Duff. You that's the bass there. You I don't know if most people realize that's the bass doing that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think... Well, that's another one. You know, another sneaky bass player. Um, I mean, my pick for the best bass player of all time. I'm going to be biased, right? Because I'm going to go with this, the album that made me love guitar. And that's the Third Eye Blind self-titled album. So that's Arian Salazar, who is my pick for the best rock bass player of all time. What uh, about his playing do you like so much? I don't, I don't think, and, I, and I, this is heavy praise, and I understand, guys. But, like, I don't know if another bass player is so in the pocket at the same time as being as melodic as he is. Because I know other bass players that are really in the pocket. And, you know, and Arian's background, he comes from, like, a funk background. So he he has that slapping kind of, like, he can do all the fancy stuff that, that all these other high-end bass players can do. But he brings this musicality that I have just, I had just never heard. Those first two Third Eye Blind albums, uh, Blue and, and the self-titled, I can't. I can't come up with a better bass player. I just can't. In my own heart, in my own mind. I thought you liked Victor Wooten a lot. I love Victor Wooten. He's he's my he's a master teacher. And in one master session in a room with a hundred something people, he became my my sensei. And I and I will carry Victor's the love of music that Victor bestowed upon me with that one little in person session. I'll never forget it. But in, when it comes to rock bass, I, that's my pick. Is Arian? He's my pick. I got to go with him. I would pick him over any other bass player, which is sad to say because that, that discounts so many good bass players. There's so many good bass players. Oh, my gosh. There's so but many good bass again, players. Again, it's okay to have your opinion. It, right, right. It's okay to have You're not disrespecting favorite. anyone by doing that. I agree. I agree with that. And, and I just don't think that that man gets his due. I think, he, I think him and the boys at, at, at Third Eye Blind, I think they changed the course of music, and, and they're underappreciated for what they did. Yeah. That Maybe late in the, the 90s. Oh, Absolutely. I really do. 
that sound, you heard any Third Eye Blind song in the radio, you know it was them, and they were undeniably them. Can you hum one of his bass lines? I can't think of one. Bum, bum, bum. Like, he just matches the guitar part so well. Or, like, narcolepsy. Or, here, just play some of it. Hopefully, I'm allowed to play. We can review. We're talking over it. We're reviewing it. I just have to play something. He's the best bass player of all time. I'm sorry, guys. When you go listen to... You're going to have to convince me here. All right, fine. I'm not necessarily... (sighs) What would be it here? Let's go to narcolepsy. I love this song. There. Just such a driving force in this band. And I got, uh, let's see, what's another gun? Graduates. <laughs> It fits the music so well. He doesn't, you have to listen for him. He doesn't stick out. He's so in the pocket. I understand. I guess I like a little, and not that he's not being creative in what he's doing, but I kind of like the, the bass players that don't, that create their own unique riff but it it like ties everything together at the same time somehow like i'm really should have been better prepared to highlight arion you put me on the spot with my favorite album it's hard to it's hard to find the spot that really you're on the go. spot I know I'm always on the spot I wish you you're always in the line of fire here remember I love this jumper riff. here we go that stuff I know what you mean the embellishment oh yeah I listened to that so many times as a kid this part here You're not going to find another bass line that touches my heart like this song. Not a single bass line in all of music. I mean, this song has so much meaning for me, though. Jumper? Yeah, i got to admit. It's a song that made me a Third Eye Blind fan, actually. You guys have heard it on the radio after Semi-Charm Life. Yeah. i got to give... Hold on. i got to give Steven his due as well. L- listen to Steven here, the singer. I don't know anyone else that is yeah yeah yeah's like Steven Jenkins. <laughs> He's like the best at yeah yeah yeah's. You got Kevin with that solo. Is that a solo? Oh yeah. And this part right here. It's just boy. You know the other day. After I uh, 
maybe sent a few tweets at, <laughs> at the president and a few other people. Um, I was sort of, I was a bit amped up, shall we say, and and I was a bit. Uh, I was a bit cocky on Twitter, and I was talking trash to anybody that would... You were off your rocker? I was off my rocker. Yeah, I was tweeting at Cheryl Sonnen, Conor McGregor, uh, John Jones, Izzy, like, Stylebender. I was tweeting everyone that, that knows how to talk trash and, and talk a little trash to them. <laughs> and and I, I was really sort of... Uh, I, was, I was really amped up. And so at the studio, you know, I kind of just... I put on this album, start to finish, and turned it up all... Not all the way, but I turned it up I opened my door even, and I gave I gave my whole neighborhood a show. Let's say, and this album holds up. You play it on studio speakers, especially you play it on professional speakers. You hear the layers and like the between the bass and the guitar and and well, Eric. I mean, the producer Eric. I mean, I think even Eric helped write some of the songs, if I remember correctly. I'm trying to remember, but it, it just that that album is as magic as you can get. I, I can't pick a better album. That one has to be my all-time favorite. And, of course, it's got my all-time favorite song of all, of all time. That's number 13. I don't know if I can pick an all-time favorite song, uh, album. Really? I'm surprised. I would figure you'd have one picked. I can't. No? That's like, for me, trying to pick a favorite ice cream, man. This is the album that got me off of classical music as my, as my path. Like, it, Not in a bad way, but I'm saying I did sort of intend to be... I thought I was going to be a composer or a... Pian- a concert pianist that was sort of my path um, I mean I took daily lessons from the time I was like 9 to 16 and I played for multiple I don't know, 5 to 8 hours a day as, as often as I could I, I kind of feel like we need to highlight Duff McKagan now you want to highlight Duff? Well, I'm trying to I'm not going to have any problem with that. Yeah, I don't have any uh, well no I do. <laughs> That's not true How about uh, I, I know it's uh, everyone knows the Fall to Pieces but if you listen to the bass, it's so good. Yeah, you gotta. Is that on Liber, Libertad or, or? No, no, it's on. Contraband. Yeah. Oh, best two albums ever. Uh, where's it There it is. From the beginning, hear that bass? Oh yeah, Duff. Oh Duff, you sing to my heart, brother. Quiet, let me hear Duff. Focus on the bass here as we go along. Oh, Scott, I miss you, man. Rest in peace, Scott. Rest in peace, brother. One of my favorite, man. You changed my favorites. My favorites. So gentle. And then when it picks up, when the end of the verse, you can really appreciate it even more. You're telling me you wanted to hear it and you going. I can't help it, man. What's How do you face? not sing along with Scott? I give you this, man. Duff is Duff is up there. He's up there. You can't deny Duff. I will say. That when you hear this recording, you hear how it's mixed, 
the bass is featured more so in your ears than the stuff I played for Third Eye Blind. The bass was tucked away a little more right. to give you more of that feel of the support without it really. And that's why, again, I feel like Arian doesn't get his due. Um, it's just not highlighted enough. This is where I like the level of bass to be in our rock song, personally. Well, I don't disagree with you. I mean, we we disagreed early on in Behind the Lines. Right. And the original version with the with the amped up bass part is my favorite. Yeah. So I'll give you that. If you listen to Guns N' Roses, the bass line is it's up there. About at this level to where you can just you can like zero in on it. You can zero in on it. Yeah. Boy, and Slash, you just you beast, man. These riffs. I mean, and we're not even talking about slashes, melodic. I know. Running little yeah, I know. melodic lead line. Every little thing you can do there. He's got an ear, that guy. This band, talk about a heap of talent. It's it's like a real super group. I mean, they were giants, all of them, from before this. And they actually made something bigger than they were. Like, in terms of the musicality, in terms of the, the product. That they, like, I feel that they reached a new level, all of them, with this stuff. Oh, God. Slash, come on, man. I can't even think when you play. Do you think he played this lick on a Gibson? <laughs> that Les Paul, yeah. Was it gold? Do you think it was gold? Yeah, the gold part, yeah, I'm sure. How can you not love it? I don't know if we're allowed to play the whole song. Yeah, we'll cut it out. We'll cut it out. We don't play the whole thing. I don't know if we're allowed to talk, play it and comment on it or if we're not allowed to play it at all. I don't well, know. you know, I'm sure someone will DM us and, and contact us. we got to take it down or edit it out. We're, we're profusely praising it, though. We love profusely. everything. Profusely. Everything about it we, we love. Do. Yeah, for real. Velvet Revolver. You know, I had a friend that, that got a chance to get to know Scott, like, intimately over the course of a long conversation. And, I mean, this guy met... He met all the big name rock stars uh, of the day because he worked in radio and he had connections, right? And he got to interview them on, you know. And he said that, um, like, I was touched by his story of Scott. And the, the portrait that he picked, that he painted of Scott, really humanized him for me. Even though I didn't get to be there for that conversation, I got to hear the after effects. And I, I could tell, like, the impact that Scott had on my friend, who was another talent. In fact, here, I got I a shout-out to Brandon. Brandon, my brother, my friend. I ha we haven't talked in years. But your band, let's see, it is called New... I don't know if you guys are even still together. They're called New, uh, New Tragedy. So this is from 10 years ago. But Brandon is the singer here. This guy is so talented. I love this guy. Like, as a human being and as a musician, he's one of my favorite musicians that, that no one's ever heard. Well, I shouldn't say no one's ever heard of, but I just well, love the millions of people that are listening now. They're going to hear him now. What's the name of the band? New Tragedy. This is called Run, Color, Run, folks. Y'all don't know about New Tragedy. <laughs> huh. I just dig it, man. It's not overdone. The guitars, you can hear them in both ears, and there's not so much gain turned up. You can hear every little articulate note. 
That's why I like these guys. Just love the chorus of the song, guys. <laughs> I have to let the chorus come out. Here we go. Run, color, run. singing over people. I can't help it. I love singing with Brandon. Let him sing his song, for goodness sake. Then he should come on if he wants to sing it. Come on, Brandon. We miss you. I miss you. You sang over Third Eye Blind, you sang over Velvet Revolver, and you sang over this guy. This is my show. They're, they're going to have to deal with it. <laughs> Come on, I learned how to sing from these men. Next Brandon time, taught me how to sing. Next time I'm going to bring Jenkins. my electric guitar. Scott White, they all taught me how to sing. Play loud lead over everything. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> Probably in Belgium. Make it better. Yeah, I just that, that, that chorus. Y'all don't know about New Tragedy, I'm sorry, you gotta, this band, ugh. Don't get me to do it. Please. For goodness sake, man. So if I give the people a tease and I sing over it, then they're going to be prompted to want to go hear it on its own. That's why I do that. You understand? Why don't you save a little a little bit of that juice for your own music, man? <laughs> Jeez. You get Brandon singing. I want to sing along. I think he just blew one, of my, one side of my headphone out there. Good. That's how it's supposed to work. Here, another new tragedy. It's called Easy For You. Are you going to sing along to this one, too? No, let's go. All the dogs in the neighborhood are barking now. <laughs> anyway, so this guy... I got an unspot idea. What's that? Play your favorite guitar solo for me right now. Like you mean me play it with my hands? You don't act not you oh. physically playing it, but on your favorite guitar solo of all time. You know how you couldn't pick a favorite album? Yeah. I struggle to pick a favorite guitar solo. Well, let me see. Actually, that's not true. Hold on, I have one. It's called "Here in the Still." Please tell me I have this on my. No, I may not have it on this pad. Oh no! Hold on. It's from a Kevin solo work. Kevin Cadigan. You've got to be kidding me. I don't have it on this app. Oh, I can't believe I don't have it on this iPad. Dang it. Okay, well, I don't have it. Uh, but it's a, it's a solo record that Kevin put out. A solo song. It's called Here in the Still. Um, it's probably my favorite Kevin Cadigan solo, I would have to say. Kevin, sorry, bro. I, I should have I should have had prep for this. I had no idea. Would come well, we're out. just we're going on the spot here. That's, I know, I know. That's what we kind of want to do. We we don't plan these things. We're just going with the flow, man. You know, I wonder. Um, Are you gonna I, try to pull up YouTube or something? Oh well, yeah, hang on, because I think I can connect to the internet webs with this thing. Although I always recommend being in airplane mode, folks. Um, <laughs> I don't have your, I don't have the password. Forget it. All right, we'll do it later.
I know. Can I see your phone? <laughs> let me see your phone. Let me pull up. Can you grab YouTube and let me pull it up? That's actually good. We can just listen to you play. Let me see your phone. Uh, what are you going to do with it? Look up something on YouTube. You asked to play my favorite guitar solo, so I want to see if I can find it. What is it called? Here in the Still. Okay. Just search for it on YouTube. I bet By, you it's um, Kevin Cadigan. Who's that again? Come on. No, I don't, I, I've never heard of him. Who's Kevin Cadigan? Yes, you have. You know his name. He's the greatest. Didn't Joe Satriani teach him? Yes, the wizard himself, Dumbledore. How long did he take lessons from Joe? Six months. Six All solid months? All he needed. Yeah, it's um, my understanding. Again, I'm going off of the, the No Guitar is Safe podcast. What's up, Jude? Jude, you're the Is Cadigan with a K or a C? With the C. K-A-D-O-G-A-N. Oh, Cadogan. Yeah. What's the name of the song? Here in the Still. Jude. Jude Gold. Jude Gold, who is the, the actual the guitar player for Jefferson Starship or Airplane, whatever they call the band these days, you know, that real famous band. He's done a lot of here in the songs. I don't know. What does it say? There's here in the shadows, here in the silence, here in the street, here in the sky. For Kevin Cadigan? Really? I've never heard of those. So are we sure we're looking at the right thing? Here in the stillness? Let me see. May I see your screen? May I pick? You don't trust me with your phone? Oh, here it is. No, I'm, what do you <laughs> you have to do everything? I mean, for goodness sake, you're talking over there to turn you're right. a story. Trying to tell the story. Well, I look it? it up, and you're over here. So argumentative today. You eat something, bro? You're cranky. How am I cranky? These musicians and their egos, folks. Are you talking about yourself? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mr. Greatest Musician of a Generation, you're getting on me about my ego. You know, if, I mean, if I didn't say that, sake. then people wouldn't pay attention, and they got to understand how good we are. You should feel flattered that the greatest musician of, of a generation wants you in the band. I'm just saying. If you let me grab it, I can... That is the song. I can move to the solo if you want to. I forget how many minutes in it is. Dad. Ooh. I think you're close to it. Oh, listen to that. Oh. The tone. There you go again. Can't help it. This is it. Listen to the solo. It gets better. Keep listening. Kevin, you snake charmer, bro. You, you charmed your way in my heart with that solo. I just love that, that solo. Da, 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 da. That reminds me of Zach Wilde. Does it? Yeah. Let me hear some of Zach. I love Zach. Love me some Zach. You got anything? I'm trying to think of what song, nah. uh, that, what solo I would I would play from Zach. Hey, pick one, man. It's hard to, hard well, to pick I, a bad one. <laughs> I'm trying to... 
Jack's really hard to pick a bad one. No, yeah, he's awesome. Jack's amazing. Um, yeah, that solo though, I'm telling you that that it spoke to me. It sang to me. It was like a it was like a siren call, and it told me I uh, needed to play guitar. Like after I remember the first time I heard that song, I went and I wrote music because it was just. Actually, I'm pretty sure that was the song, like that part of his um, catalog is kind of what pushed me into write a song like say this time, which is the first song on my solo album. With the solo that you hear there, it's very Kevin inspired, and it's probably the one I'm most proud of. And granted, it took me I don't know how many 150 takes to get, but I got it. <laughs> it took me a while, but I got it. Um, that took you 150 takes. I mean, that may be an exaggeration, but Larry could back me up on. Or was it an underestimation? I don't know. Larry might say it was under. Larry, Larry was ready to kick me out sometimes. <laughs> like it was, I would I would just not stop. I would just never ever stop until it was perfect for me. And as, as someone who, you know, grew up with live performance, you know how it is. I, I want to capture the live... I don't want to just punch in. I got to get the whole thing, you know? I'll punch in for the solo, but I want to be able to, like... I don't want to punch in halfway through the solo. I just couldn't do that, you know? I had to, I had to be able to get the whole lick down, so... That's what I did. You, you find one for Zach? Yeah. All right, cool. That keyboard... Same. Here we go. Oh, you'll, you'll hear what I'm talking about with that riff. The da -da 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 like, I think of him when I hear that. That's a riff. It's kind of like a signature in a lot of his solos. Oh, man, Zach. I still love your tone, Zach. Yeah, he gets a fantastic tone. So good. Woo! Hot like fire, man. Was it in this song? It's No More Tears. No More Tears? I gotta go listen to this. You probably heard it before. This is like the... There was an interlude that led him... Oh, okay. Oh, I hear it. Oh, I hear it now. Whoa, I love it. Ooh, the bass. Oh, I have heard this song! Yeah, you just don't remember the interlude. Oh my gosh! Whoa, I got to go back and listen, though. Whoa, that was great. I mean, again, pick a bad, <laughs> pick, try to find a bad Zach. <laughs> it's impossible, man. I mean, so, it's brilliant. Uh, I'll play one of my favorite guitar solos. Yay. This is one that just sticks out in my mind because it's, again, it would be really hard to narrow it down to one solo, but, but this is definitely one that comes to mind for me. It, maybe if we have more time to think about it, we can make a list and go over them and nerd out over them. Oh, yeah, we should do that. But I, I'd l at least like to play this one if I can find it. We really could do a whole podcast series on e individual, like either on the guitar, on the drums, on the bass, on the and keyboard. I mean, all these instruments have so many examples of... You hear that buzz? That buzz is, you gotta plug it into. Oh, I see. I'm just gonna find it before I plug it in, that you don't have to hear all the nonsense leading up to it. We're still working on getting the technology, folks. Uh, they don't, up to, they don't up care. To snuff. <laughs> yes, they care. They care about all the details. Um, we will. Uh, we we continue to improve the experience. I remember the first podcast we did, we couldn't even play guitars at the same time as talk. So, we've made we've made some real progress here with the gear. 
kind of slow for he's an old guy. So let me see. Time to got it. <laughs> Get the funk out. You can't deny Nuno. Just listen to this solo. I don't know if you've ever heard this before. Oh yeah, I've heard this one. I love that. <laughs> That's so funky. Here we go. You know, it's always a treat, brother. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Boy, that's righteous. Sending out of that. So, he's <sighs> just Nuno is another one that, like, okay, so he can shred with the best, and there's no question there. But Nuno has such a range. I don't think people really respect that man's range. Um, you know the where is it? He doesn't get credit. I don't. He think. doesn't get enough credit, man. He could he could step on stage with any guitar player in the world and play with them and impress them. Did you see the eyes on Tom Morello when he, when they played together in that room? And and Tom came up with this amazing solo. And of course, you know Tom is my hero. I I I, I worship Tom's guitar playing. And I and I saw the look on his face when he saw what Nuna came up with. And I was like, yep. Even Tom's looking at him, going, "Dang it, Nuna, how'd you do that?" <laughs> Dude, watching Nuno play live is something, folks, if you ever get the chance, it is you will never regret. <laughs> you will never regret it, for real. Well, we just watched uh, Generation Axe uh, with Ingve Malmsteen, Steve Vai, Zach Wilde, and Nuno Betancourt on the st- uh, same stage. Yeah. And talk about when you get that caliber of guitar players together, the, what they create is just so amazing, man. You, it's just mind-blowing. It's a Nuno. Mind blowing to me. I think my favorite song is Iron Jaw. Here's the solo. It's a breakdown in this song. I just where'd it go? There it is. Okay, yeah. Look at Luna's range. called Unhappy B-Day by Population One, which is Nuno. Be- he plays everything, right? He's everything. Hence Population One. There's like a percussive oh, element to his playing. He digs into those strings, right? At any volume, even on the light stuff. He has a way of digging in that other people don't quite match in a way. Like, I can't explain it. And he's a good singer, too. Like, he's a, he's as good as a singer as he is a piano player, as he is a, I mean, he's another Swiss Army knife. He really is. Classic trained, I believe, right? I think he's trying to remember. Oh, okay. 
Sorry, kids. Uh, this is on the spot. Um, anyway, but you said Iron Jaw? It's another one. Man is on Unfinished animals that's great voice. He really is a good singer. And then he also had, uh, what did he do? Hmm? I'm trying to remember some of his other solo stuff. Where's the song? Oh, I just like the song. I oh, okay. <laughs> well, there's another one from, uh, so that one was called Population One, and then he did another album called Nuno Schizophrenic. 97. Schizophonic. Schizo. Oh, you're right. You're right. I said schizophrenic. Schizophonic. Uh, but he's got, let's see, that one's got Gravity, Swollen Princess, What You Want, Fallen Angel. I mean, it's got. That's a solid album. The whole album is nothing but bangers. Um, what's your favorite? Pursuit of Happiness is my favorite. Yeah, that's a good one. This is my favorite on this album, you know. Again, the riffs. The fantastic His range riffs. is astounding. And then the, the tone and the vocals, it's... Unmatched. Great. Name somebody else in 97 that was doing music on this level. In my opinion, other than Third Eye Blind, I don't so know. <laughs> there was a lot of not. But you don't know where. I love the song. All that you know is you can't stay here. What's left to do is you the best in your pursuit. I'd love to talk to Nuno, but he might just say I don't... I just want you guys to be yourselves, so I really can't give you any tips. I'd love to hear his musical origin story, though. I haven't, I haven't heard too. that anywhere. I don't think I have either. Not though I haven't looked. It's like, how did he get to the technical crowd? Not only the technical crowd. Who is influences? If I had to guess, I think David Gilmore would have to be a David. How do I not know who David Gilmore is? Do I know who that is? My name doesn't ring about. The guitar player for Pink Floyd. Oh, why? Okay, yeah. I know Pink Floyd, right? But I'm not intimate with their catalog. They're great. Don't get me wrong. I love them. But all the time in the world, folks. I believe he mentioned Al Miola one time. Okay. And I, I can kind of see the long like runs. Oh, I see. What just? That kind of stuff, you know. Nobody does it like you know. I'm not gonna play the whole song, but. You gotta hear this last part though. This last minute, I would say. QPD on that one? QPD? Yeah. I love the Q, I love QPD. 
No, it didn't look like the, it. The guitar solo on that one's great, too. I don't know if I've got... There was... I think that's on Population 1. Is it? Let me go back. Population 1, please. Since we're on it, we might as well might as get well. into it. Where's QPD? You're right. Okay, here it is. Gonna tell you all the story. Kind of a laid back. Yeah. It's a short song, too. It's a quiet, peaceful day, yeah. She don't need no shiny diamonds or a fancy car to drive in. She just needs me there beside her. And this is an, oh, 2002 this guy came out with. Yeah, yeah the chorus, the way it breaks yeah, away yeah, is kind of unexpected yeah. to me. Oh, yeah. Like, listen to the lead. Uh, the lead? Yeah, oh, yeah. It's all the little nuances yeah. that I love. Transitions, yeah. That, like, I just love that drop right into right, right into it. And the, the guitar solo is on. Kind of unexpected as well. Like this song is the transitions are yeah. not necessarily expected, but it makes sense. You know, and a master musician can wow you like that. Yeah. Just unpredictability. That's what yeah. I loved about these albums. Is the unpredictability they really are. Songs. Spaceman. I mean, flow. I mean, this whole album rocks. But they both, both of them they kick. Right. Like how many people know he can sing like this? I know. <laughs> He's such a good singer. He could have been a solo artist his whole entire career. He could have been. He should have been bigger. And that as big as he is, he could have been bigger. He should be bigger. Woo, I love that. That's great. I love the low-end register there. That's <laughs> you have to listen to those albums all the way through, all the way man. through to hear every last little note and understand the greatness. nuances, man. He's a great songwriter. He's a great composer, man. You know, I actually um, unique talent. One of the albums that really, really he stuck out for me was the Salutis de Rock, or how it's pronounced. Um, yeah, which which one on there? Well, I don't have to. Oh goodness, hitting the. What are you? You're messing me up. I'm messing things up. Well, you move the you move the mic stand. All right, but the Saludos de Rock. Um, I don't even have to say it right. But Saludes it's, or something like that. Isn't it Portuguese? I think it's Portuguese. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I'm um a little spittle. You hablo un poco de español, but the, <laughs> similar <laughs> but not similar but not the same. Uh, as, any, as anyone in Brazil will tell you. So um, yeah, that that album kick and I I have the album somewhere, but I didn't load it onto the iPad. And that's if I had it here, I would be highlighting. I would have highlighted a few of those songs because um, boy, when you get Gary singing, you know, playing. I mean, I love Nuno as a singer singer as well and and just but you can't not respect gary as well like in his chops or which songs on there did you like the best off of that album i can't think of the names of the songs off the top without looking at a list do you have the album on your phone or i mean i could pull it up, pull it up. somewhere i'll tell you yeah we'll plug it in then yeah i forget you have access um yeah there was um 
You know, there wasn't as much of the flashy stuff he got in the early, early uh, extreme. Yeah, I'm completely records. forgetting about. Um, but it's a good one. Waiting for the punchline. Yeah, that was a great album. I forget about waiting for the punchline too. That's another good one. Oh my gosh, how do you forget about waiting for the punchline? I, I think extreme. Like everyone thinks of more than words and some of like the earlier. Nope, I don't have it on hair metal that. sounding type stuff. stuff that as they evolved as a band and when they came out with Waiting for the Punchline, it wasn't necessarily like that. So I don't know if it got the same. Like, I don't know how people felt about it at the time. Yeah, I don't know either. I wasn't really plugged in. That was late 90s too, no? 99 when it came out? Uh, it was probably earlier than that. Earlier? Yeah. Okay. I don't remember. I have it somewhere. And I have the Salutis de Rock as well. That's like, I mean, that whole album kicks. Um, Ghost is a good one. I'm trying to think of, oh, Numb. Or Comfortably Numb or something like that, I think is the. I like the Interface song on there. Oh, inter, well, Interface Nuno did on another r- solo record. The one, Harmonies. Yeah, really and then Gary awesome. sings it on the on the Extreme album, right? Um didn't they say they wouldn't make us wait another 13 years before they came out? Where's the new record, guys? I need a new record, Extreme. I'd like to hear it. <laughs> I, would, I would like to hear some new things from Nuno. Uh, I'm sure Nuno is out there writing music somewhere. Ghost, that is that is probably one of my favorite songs on the album. Yeah, like hearing them play it live and, and hearing Nuno on the piano live. <laughs> really cool. As a keyboard player myself, it, it, it gives me hope that I <laughs> to, hear, to hear someone like that. Here, you want to plug in? Why don't we do a little in- interface here? I can dig it. I love interface. I love the ha- vocal harmonies in this song. I'm going to ready to turn it up. Okay. We're so close, folks. I wonder how many people know about this album. And, I don't know. Not general. enough. It's a very eclectic. Go ahead. Go for it. I love hearing them sing together. Their harmonies are pretty spot on. I'm sorry, Van Halen fans, but you don't give Gary enough love. Sorry, you just don't. Gary's an all-time great singer. So good. I see my reflection. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember the first time I heard it. Like, yes, yes. It's all those little nuances that make songs great. For real. Don't just sit there and stare at me. Don't just sit there and watch me. I'll play a little bit of the ghost and then we'll. Yeah, we gotta hear Ghost. You know, I felt like you wrote this song just to make my heart Tell happy, brother. No you and Gary. Sure, other people involved. I'm just saying. 
Thank you, guys. They're on the shadows cast past his Pat Badger on bass. Yeah, dude. Where voices carry at the speed of sound. Drums, too. Everything's in the pocket, man. I like this little bass part. You can hear the live performance in the recording, too. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Again. Oh, okay. That's good, man. <laughs> I forget about that. <laughs> We notice all these little things. Man. Yeah, man, I really, I was so, I'm so focused on the keys for the song that I, I forget about the rest of the band. Oh, I'm sorry words I left unsaid. Sorry being one words I did forget. That's awesome, man. Yeah, that's a good one. That you gotta love, Ghost. Well, we are uh, turned into a. Nuno Betancourt uh, adulation session there. Well, I suppose the fan, the listeners uh, would be grateful for, you know, other references other than Third Eye Blind. Because <laughs> it's my favorite reference. You know what? You know a band that I have not given any name dropping whatsoever, but they're probably one of my favorite all-time bands of all time. And I, this is one that I don't even Monifisto? know. Monifisto? Ha! Yes, Monifisto. Yes, is it on the... Nope, I can't. Well, never mind. I'm going to not name drop them until I can play. I have their catalog at home. May? But I don't. I'll give you May. They're great. May oh, May's really good. May is... I thought that was the band you were going to say. No, I'm not going to say the name of the band until I can p- pull up the music. They're that Why? sacred. To, well, I'll pull it up for you over here. No, it's, I got to have it. I gotta have, it's, it's insulting that I don't have their music. I have their entire catalog. And I, I just didn't load it onto the iPad. 311? No. You can't guess? They're one of my biggest influences. I'll guess. Right, let me think about this. The Spice Girls? <laughs> no. Um, so we're eliminating Third Eye Blind. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Much I love them. Not Stone Temple Pilots? No. Uh. Soundgarden? No. They're Audio right. Slave? No. My biggest influence, my, my, my next biggest band that was the biggest influence me, like after Third Eye Blind or during... Stained? The- no. The Counting Crows. Oh, how could I forget? How could you forget how obsessed I was with the Counting Mr. Jones and me. How I'm could Adam. I forget about that? Adam, my brother, if I could just give you a quick shout out. Oh my gosh, how could I possibly your lyrics, forget about that? Your lyrics, your writing. I mean, Adam, I, I, yeah. And, and so many people, some of my friends, especially the lady friends, uh, the girlfriend at the time, was like, I don't like his voice, it's whiny. I'm like, you don't understand Adam, and you don't understand me. <laughs> yeah, pull up. Will you pull up? Um, what's a good one to? Oh, pull up. Uh, please pull up. Recovering the satellites. Recovering the satellites. Yes, please. What, what album was that off of? I believe that is the the name of the album. 
if I'm if memory serves me. The title right. track. I don't know if it's the title track or not. You have to. If I saw the album, it all comes flooding back. But it, it, I don't have the catalog in front of me, and it's that's why. That's why I at first didn't want to even say them because like I have such a. I memorized most of their albums. Like. Well, you paid money for it at some time, and you own it, so I don't understand what the <laughs> hang-up is. No, but like, what, what device it's on, I think, is irrelevant to them. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> it, it, it matters to me that I know their st- I don't want to, like, I don't know. Their, their music is something special. I haven't even name-dropped them. I remember, actually, there were, there were um, you know, you get talent shows and stuff in high school. I would cover, I'd cover Raining in Baltimore. I did a cover there. What was it called again? Uh, Recovering the Satellites. That whole that's the album that has Long December on it. Oh, that's a cool song. <laughs> that whole album rocks, dude. Their second I mean their first album, uh, August and Everything After, is timeless and you can't you cannot really understand nineties music if you didn't if you didn't hear it. And you gotta hear the whole album, I'm telling you. Like start to finish, there's no there's there's few albums that, that affect me that way. But recovering the satellites, uh, this, their second album was A Long December is the the first track. That's right. Angel of Silences, second mm-hmm. track. Um, Michelangelo something, I'm trying to remember. See, again, I, I used to know these all by heart. So it, Mercury. Can I see the Oh, here's list? Recovering the Satellite. Yeah, okay. okay. There it is. You got it? Are you plugged in yet? I'm not plugged in right now. You hyped this thing to the max. So. Well, it's one of my favorite albums of all time. Gonna get back to being six. Oh, there you go again. I'm trying. I haven't even heard. Let me sing with Adam, please. Excuse me. We haven't even a moment together. Let me sing with Adam, please. Why don't you let me hear this song so I can appreciate it? Hear me sing. I'm just. I would have pulled up the karaoke track if you're talking over right now. I stop singing. Build. Maybe I slipped in between. We were gonna be the wildest, the wildest, the wildest. Oops, I'm sorry, I hit the wrong button. On purpose, you totally did it on purpose. I, I hit the singing. wrong button. You did it on purpose. I want to sing along no, with Adam. Did, uh, why would I do that on purpose? Because you are crafty. I want to hear the build up. I have no respect for musicians. So why'd you come? I appreciate it all. It's right here. I love this. When you gonna come down? So simple, right? But just perfect. You hear the rhythm kind of subtly. Mother recognizes. And these guys can rock. Like don't they? They do bluesy rock so well. They do like here. Go to the second track. I kind of want to hear the long November because I. Long, long I Dece- how dare long you? December. I don't. I'm sorry, man. You know I'm. All right. Well, as long as you apologize, I forgive you. <laughs> I apologize to the Counting Crows for not. Apologize for not mentioning them before. I believe that I, I yeah, really I this, enjoy this song. I covered this song, too. I love this song. I'll try not to sing. <laughs> a long December And there's reason to believe 
Oh, here we go. Maybe okay. this year will be better than the last. This is the theme song for 2020, folks. <laughs> Next year will be better. I can't kidding. Remember. It's all good. The one that ends with that's, that's the one. Where do you think I got none of from? Remember, remember Winter Song in the Spring that I had you feature on? And the na na at the end of the... Yeah. That's uh, it's from this song, you understand? Okay. It's one more day up in the canyon And it's one more night in Hollywood If you think that I could be forgiven Okay, I'm liking this one. Wish you would Yeah, there it is. Okay, you sing it over the part that I like, dude. Come on. I have to, sorry. You don't have to do that. When it's Adam Dirt singing, you don't like, have I can't, to do I can't that. not sing with him. Alright, I don't think you or the audience wants to endure this thing that you do. <laughs> Gotta pull the That's plug good. on it. Pull the plug, it's fine. Yeah, counting crows, boy. Oh, gentlemen, you, you in the counting crows, you guys, you changed me so much. I mean, every single one of their records is different. They changed you? No, what's cool about them is they showed me. You're no me, longer the same person after listening to that album? Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, I would agree uh, with that. How so? Because if you heard the first album, listen to Mr. Jones and then listen to what they did on the second album and then go listen to their third and their fourth. Like they have they have their signature sound that they carry with them, but you yes. hear the progression as musicians, they don't write the same stuff every time. And every single album is its own work of art. Like um, uh, This Desert Life is another one um, that had that song, I'm in hanging around this town on the corner. I mean, just... Every single album, there's some singable, there's some singable vocal lick, there's some singable guitar lick, there's some, you know, the melodies and the just Counting Crows. I could, my dad's the one who introduced me to Counting Crows, actually. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny to me. I, like, I thought you were like on board all the way there. No, in fact, my dad had the cassette tape of August and Everything After, and I fell so in love with that album that I just, I took my love of, I ran with it. I mean, I... Yeah, they, um, they're something special. I've never actually gotten, gotten the privilege to see them live. It's something I've always wanted to do uh, before, before I go. That's something I'm going to have to cross off the bucket list. They're, Are they still together? Oh, yeah. They're, still, I mean, they're one of the biggest artists of all time. And pe- people discount them, but they've sold, I don't know, 20-something million records. I mean, they've sold more records. They've sold so many records. I mean, they had that song in Shrek, remember? They had... Um, uh, they had a song accidentally in Accidentally in love. Accidentally in love. How about this one that we listened to yesterday? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this is to show how we enjoy and appreciate everything, even if you think we wouldn't be rockers. I know, right? <laughs> you turn that, that level up a little I'm bit. Not gonna sting, I'm not going to sing over Stevie. She can sing all she wants to. I won't ever sing over her. <laughs> you got a problem with Stevie. You got a problem with yourself. Man. Problem with me if you're a problem with Stevie. That woman can sing. <laughs> that woman. Ah. Where did it just come from? Like, how is she so talented? It's like, this song is a time machine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I always catch the bass line. I, I forget the name of that record. Like, I know that's the Tell Me Lies, right? The name of the song? Yeah. Um, I forget what, that, what album that came off of, but that was the album, I'm pretty sure, that my parents had on vinyl. Mm-hmm. And I listened, boy, listen to Stevie sing to you on vinyl. You will not regret it. Like, you know, some folks have vinyl collections, and they're very selective about what they put in their collection. I'm telling you, folks, if you listen to vinyl, get you some Fleetwood Mac. You will not, you will not regret it at all. They're just so good. Oh, man, it takes me back, dude. That takes me back to, like, very, very, I heard, I mean, I heard their stuff very, very young. So that was released in 1987 mm-hmm. on the Tango in the Night album. By Fleetwood Mac. There you go, Tango in the Night. Boy, what an album! I mean, everything they've done that I've heard has been fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. We what did we listen to? Uh, landslide. 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 Oh man. Great song. Hauntingly beautiful song. You can hear if I, if you mention Fleetwood Mac, like that song will pop up. And it, you know, it's funny that live performance we watched last night was just her and the guitar player. You watch them do it live, and and you see the magic. Right, it just. We were talking about how I think we played the Corey Taylor. Should we play a little bit of that too? Please do. We're at it. Yeah, Corey Why Taylor. Not? We're gonna show the the breadth of our musical appreciation here. We're all over the place. For real, man. Corey. I gotta talk to you too, bro. So um, I hate to tell you this, but I kind of did get a sneak peek at one of your songs before it was released because you know the connection. You know Larry, and. Um, Larry, let me hear some of the Thanks stuff. Thanks for selling him out like that. I know, I know. I totally, I have to. I don't want to like name drop Larry all the time, but like my producer Larry, um, let me hear some of the cuts that he did, like for the local radio station, like a live album that that Corey sang, and he got to go there, and I got to hear it, and it was Corey's. You know, you want to talk about another Swiss Army? I mean, Corey, his range. I mean, from the stuff at Slipknot to Stone Sour to his solo stuff. He's another one. He's sort of a phenom. I, I, you, I think we kind of forget how someone. I don't. I don't know if we always give those rock musicians their due, because boy, you hear the complexity that you get from say Slipknot versus Stone Sour versus his solo stuff, and and how how widely ranging his vocal capability is, songwriting capabilities. I mean, he's hard to beat. Like he does have best of all time. Uh, he does have an edge to his voice. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean he can't sing anything. Yeah, his his vocal chops are phenomenal. Like, and on this track, you can tell there's... Oh, you played it? Or, oh. I'm about to. I was just um, talking about the fact when you hear a vocalist and they're singing and there's still something left there. Like, they're not, give, you know, they're not belting every note out. Like, again, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. know exactly when to... When to push it? I see. When to pull it back? Like that's that in and of itself. Not just anyone has a feel like that. No, no. Corey's kind of unique in his ability to do that. I would agree with that. Got it. Technical difficulties. Oh, here we go. A very heavy song for me. <laughs> He's got a. Pe- I mean, just uh, his talking voice. It's just it's just hard to get yeah. through. So. I don't I'm think I the sound of his voice. All the help I can get on you. So you ready? <laughs> Guitar sounds great too. <laughs> ah. Again, just the man and his guitar to create this type of a performance and emotion. Yeah. It's amazing. It's incredible. Maybe I see. 
completely honest i'm not the the biggest slipknot fan that Same. ever existed so no, I, stone sour was more up my speed more more straight up rock that's kind of my speed than the metal but I, again i appreciate it well right yeah no for, slipknot but, was you know i heard some of that stuff mm, like just some of their low-end guitar playing like the because the, they either played like down tuned or they have like more baritone guitar sounding i remember hearing a lot of this this sound that was popular at the time but nobody did it like slipknot you know what I'm saying? Like they were unique. They were there's something else, you know. And every everything I heard on the radio from them just cooked. The choruses were always singable. Singable, yeah, yeah. That hmm. and even the Deftones don't always get that right. No offense, Deftones. The, like for example, right is not the right word, frankly. But not, not you know they have singable choruses. Of course, I shouldn't even. I don't even. Mean, I don't even want to give the impression that I'm disrespecting or talking down about the Deftones because they're. I just the name comes up for me because uh, well Chino you. you all of you, all of you gentlemen. Um, but just their music really impacted me too. I mean, David introduced me to Deftones. Deftones is another one that I can't. Why don't we do that? This one is a perfect example of the heavy, heavy riff and heavy chorus. But or I mean, heavy riff and heavy uh, verse. Mm -hmm. But the chorus is very singable. Okay. So uh, this is Slipknot here. I'm not hearing it for some reason. I love that harmonic pinch, huh? Just kicks. <laughs> uh, raw aggression. That growl you just let out, you'd never guess from hearing that acoustic. I know, you never, he's such a range. <laughs> see the, the range, you see it. 
right off the bat. Oh man. No one else can see. Singable choruses. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta give it to him. You gotta give it to Slipknot. Corey. That's Corey, you got range, bro. We love you. That's a well-crafted song. So That's a well-crafted song. Actually, and you know what? Uh, it's funny because, you know, listen to Slipknot, listen to heavy music is going to bring up some of the heavy influences in my mind, right? So you mentioned Stain. Korn's another big one for me. At least early on, I really dug their stuff. That first album was pretty wicked. It was like pretty, it's the guitar work. <laughs> but Deftones. And Deftones is another band who, you know, if you don't listen to their whole catalog, you're not going to really get a sense of their range. As time has moved on, you know, and they, of course they suffered that huge loss and rest in peace, um, uh, you know, they, anyway, they just, um, boy, they kept coming back with, with inventive things. And, um, I saw them live and they were another one live that just, it'll blow you away if you watch them live. I never got into them enough to appreciate them. Can like you, I can't even name a song that they've done. Can you pull up, um, oh, do I have them in my repertoire here? I have any. Hold on, hold on. I can't remember if I loaded them here. I, I think, have so much music I, I can't fit on the iPad. Some you know? of the some of the bands you just mentioned, hmm. I I didn't really get into. I can't pull it up here. Like Sorry. POD and POD, come on, alive. Um, stained, stained and yeah, that particular that wave of bands I didn't necessarily get super into because I was in such a. I went back to the <laughs> it's like back to the future. Well what's um what's hilarious is I went from bands like Foo Fighters, Third Eye Blind, Blink One Eighty Two, Jimmy Eight World into the world of like Deftones, Corn, Slipknot, you know, Stained. Those kind of bands. Foo Fighters. <laughs> Foo Fighters, yeah. We haven't even really gotten into Foo Fighters, have yeah, we? Yeah, I I love Foo Fighters How for do you sure. I love the Foo Fighters. David. David, what's what's really funny so is I'm not the biggest Nirvana fan. Don't get me wrong. No, don't get me wrong. They have some oh, yeah. great stuff. Classic. But if I if I was forced to listen to the Nirvana or Foo Fighters, I would probably choose uh, the Foo Fighters. Here's my thought on that, and I've thought about this at length, <laughs> many many hours. Yeah. Okay, so Nirvana never got the. Ch I mean, because of Kurt, you know. Whatever. That's true, though. If, yeah. If he was allowed, if he had stayed with us and and had allowed to be progress over his, cause think about where he started on the guitar in terms of his raw capability. He didn't exactly start at the upper echelon of guitar players. That's what that wasn't his stick. No, but you, you know what for what he did, he was fantastic. Right, because his musicality is 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 unquestionable. Right, his his skill level is is elite of the elite. Right, but in terms of his raw guitar playing skill, I think I may have been able to pull off riffs that are more inventive. Like I'm not, I'm not comparing myself to that man, but I'm just saying, like in terms of my raw skill on my solo album, right, you can hear a lot more intricate guitar work. But what he could do with what he did with those with those those musicians were, I mean, something else. So like. He achieved these heights, right? Remember, they were the biggest thing since sliced bread for a long time. And then once he passed away, um, you know, Dave moved on, did other things. And, and you know, right, we all move on. But um, that's one that, oh, that's, if I had one band that I wish could have been given a long, long, long career, can you imagine, like, in 2020, what they might have sounded like? I can't even imagine. It could be. You wonder these artists that passed away, 
Oh, like yeah. what what could have been Jimmy. over the course of if Jimmy time. Hendrix could have been given a long life, Jimmy. Right. What can you imagine what he would have done in the eighties? What you know, like when the guitar explosion occurred, like would it have been the same if he were I still almost, around? I mean, he's already one of the biggest ever. You but really I always feel like wonder. he'd be bigger than Johnny Cash if if he had given that long career. In terms of his, I mean, look at someone like Johnny Cash, right? Who's got the range and who's got the his long, long life of music. Like, and think about all those later years of amazing Johnny Cash covering Nine Inch Nails for heaven's sake. Like, come on, you know? Whoever Jimmy thought Kevin? that would happen? I know, right? And Nine Inch Nails is another one too. They're they're a surprising one too because I was not into them at all, but um, you know, my friends were. And they were like, well, hey, they're playing this show. This is, I think, in 2006. And I forget what record they were touring at the time. And when I saw Nine Inch Nails perform live, that's when I was like, oh, I get it now. I get, I get what they're, why they're so big and what's going on. Because Trent, I mean, come on, Trent. I almost grasp at words of how talented that they are. And they, I don't think Nine Inch Nails actually gets enough respect either because they're so dark and heavy in a lot of their music. But like, they're another one that this sort they're of They're kind of one of the forgotten bands. They get forgotten about a lot. You know, people, I think, I hear more about Tool, for example, in that sort of heavy genre than I do, like, Nine Inch Nails. And I would, no offense, Tool, we love you, um, yeah. you know, but, like, Trent Reznor doesn't get enough love. Sorry. <laughs> as big as he is, he's another big one. Well, some people, I mean, I consider myself extremely open-minded to music. Like, yeah. I'm not just going to say... Uh, I'm a rock player, so I can't listen to anything else. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Yeah, of course. Like I, if it's like we talked about the other night, if it's good, we were jamming with Mariah and we, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, I can't get enough of that. I was getting amped up with Mariah earlier, so it's like, mm -hmm. um, if it's good, it's good, man. If There's nothing good, wrong with admitting you like something if it's good. Mm -hmm. I agree. <laughs> Almost like a guilty pleasure or something. You know, you're allowed to like music that other people think is silly. Was that That's a okay. tease? I don't know. Maybe. We shall see. Is that a tease? But I got you off the. I got you off the, your your tangent though. We were talking about um, some heavy bands. Well, and just well, you know, I remember you saying um, at the time when these bands were big. I, mean, I listed off a handful of them. Right, they were really big at the time. Corn and Deftones and. Um, like I said, you were into other music. Were you listening to, to current bands at around that time yourself, or were you sort of got your headspace in the older music from the 80s and 90s that some of your heroes were doing? I mean, I heard it on the radio. But I'm saying, what were you into? But I time? didn't necessarily buy that. Like, I never bought a Stain album. Oh, you're missing out. I never bought a Stained album. I never bought a Corn album. I never bought a P.O.D. album. I never bought... Uh, <gasps> Who else was Papa Seether? Roach? I never bought a oh, Seether, Seether album. I, I saw never, Seether live. And never bought a Texas. Papa Roach album. I saw you guys. You guys rocked. Um, I just... It's not that I didn't like any of that music. It's just I didn't... Um, it just wasn't... Didn't You weren't your cup of tea at the time, for sure. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that but at all. Enough Because I was so into lead guitar. And I just wasn't getting it. You know what I mean? From those bands. Now, Not the way I wanted it to be. In 2002 or three, something like that, this band, we haven't talked about yet, massively influential, influential on me. They only had one album. This is another one that didn't get enough of their due. So they came out around this time. They were big. They opened up for 
Evanescence. I saw Evanescence <laughs> live. Okay, I got injured. I don't, I don't I know why in the mosh pit I don't know because why. I got injured in an Evanescence show. You would not think Amy that Lee. I would get injured. Amy Lee, in the mosh pit. Amy. Oh yeah. Is that her name? I think so. I think Amy I'm Lee. Trying to remember. She's great. I mean, she's I amazing. just I don't know what it is about Evanescence that I. I it's really rude. You got to listen to their catalog. But Evanescence is, I mean, Evanescence, especially the stuff at the time, they were, they were cutting edge. I love this stuff. But it, it's rude. <laughs> but every t- I just hear the name and I laugh. Like, I don't know why that, that association. That one song that Amy did with uh, the guy from Seether was one of my favorites ever. But no, oh, it's broken? Yeah, I think it's broken. I actually get this. I like his. Excuse me. Ryan will recover, folks. Here we I go. had to get a drink of Coke. <laughs> you drank that whole thing, dude. How much sugar do you inhale in a day? Goodness. Uh, as, uh, as much as I need. Uh-huh. I, I couldn't tell you. I you can keep actually it. liked the version of that song that Seether did at a Guitar Center session. Did they do it with Amy or no? No. Really? It was him and the guitar player, and that's it. Have you heard really? that version? Really? No, I have not we heard that. We should pull that up here. Pull that up while I'm playing this, because okay. I want to... Okay. So what it's I want to share with you guys is this band called Revis. Now, Revis opened up... Is it Revis or Revis? Um, it, it reminds me of the word reverence. That's how I remember it. Okay. And that's how we said it on stage. Justin was... How long, have we, how long have we been going here? We're at two hours, and we got a little bit of time. Two hours, ten minutes. So we'll cut this off after these last two. Okay. I won't play everything, but so Rebus is, you'll remember Caught in the Rain, folks, if you were around that time. This was a big song, kind of in the, at that time. But this band had a massive influence on me. I, I wanted to sing like Justin for, well, most of my, most of my career. I, I really kind of tried to emulate this guy. The guitar work, man, the guitar work. To watch the lead guitar player play live, I mean, they, they're, Remember how we said the Joe Saturnini Stu Ham performance was better than the recording? Yeah. These guys were better live than this album. They, like, this album did not actually capture how good they were. I kid you not. Is it just me or is there a third eye blind influence? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know if they were influenced by them, but I'd love to talk to Justin sometime. Call me, brother. Oh, there you go again. There you go again. Shut up. I love Justin. I'm gonna make you. I'm gonna make you bite down on a mouthpiece when these songs are playing. I have to sing. Come on. Anyway. All right. So let me show you. Goodness sake. Here's the guitar. Here's the one I want to show you. Simple, right? But like, it's so applicable. Here's the guitar solo. So melodic. It was you. All right, so that I'm sounds gonna, a lot like the, some of the lead you've played. I know. Yeah, is I'm that where you. you were? These guys were a massive. I can't even get the, everything they did on this album. They did right. They did 11 songs. I, I, I mean, they okay. But this is the song. When I heard them perform it live, I was stunned into silence. Because Justin can sing these notes. I mean. I feel like live performance-wise, he did it better live than, than he captured on this record. Oh, this song is called Seven, folks. And if you want to talk about a song that knows how to build, this song. 
you feel how effortlessly the first verse kind of breathed into the second verse as the drums pick up and the instrumentation keeps swelling? There ain't no faking these high notes that Justin can do. I dig that. Listen to the bass, listen. Oh, okay, I can't sing over it, but you can play over it. I see. Stars on his right, holding seven right now. All right, here we go. You got to hear this. The whole crowd shifted when that change hit live. And just the whole wave of that song came just pulsing through the crowd. It was incredible to be a part of. I was singing the chorus by the end of the song. That's never happened to me. Like, I heard the song live the first time ever, and by the end of it, I knew the words. It's a cool chorus. All right, you got to hear this part. The guitar player. Oh, my gosh. I forget his name. Here we go. This is right here. This is what I want to show you. Listen, listen. This part. So again, by the time that hit live, I was singing along. Crap. I can't get enough of it. I love it. You just shattered some glass over there. You loved it, bro. Love when I sing. You know it. I can't do it. It's so hard to sing that guy's stuff. Uh, this guy had pipes. This guy has pipes. Oh my gosh, it blew my mind. And you know what was really cool? You know what was really cool? I met him after the show, and he was the nicest dude. And, and it, I, I rambled on about some unimportant thing, and he listened to me. Like, I looked up to this dude, man. He was... Actually, that whole, sh- that whole show was ridiculous. I, there's another band that I won't even premiere right now. I'll, I'll play some of their stuff maybe next time um, called Die Trying, and they opened for them as well. That was another solid band. That whole lineup, it was in... Where was that? It was in Amarillo? It might have been Amarillo, folks. I can't remember where it was. It was in... I snuck away when I wasn't supposed to. <laughs> Did I tell you that story? So I, I wasn't supposed was to it? leave town, but my, you know, at the time I really didn't have any adult supervision because after, well, th- at that age I didn't. So you didn't really there. sneak away then? You just went somewhere? I was told not to go out of town, so I went out of town, and then I went to, with my girlfriend at the time. She was in college, and, and I was still in high school, and, and we went out to this, um, to this Evanescence show. 
And uh, I actually got injured. Like, I have a did bad she, back. Did she make you go or did you make her go to the Evanescence? No, she, she was a huge Evanescence fan. So, like, we went together. Go figure. And I like Evanescence, so it was cool. Do you? Yeah. I liked, I liked Evanescence. I still do. They're great. Which um, song? Which song is your favorite? Uh, take or break me up. Uh, what's the name of that song? Take me. The, their big hit on the radio was my my favorite at the time. Um, but anyway, they that was right when they were the they were at the peak, right, or or a peaking, about to peak in terms of their popularity. And so Are I go they there. still making music? I'm sorry to interrupt your I story. Know. I don't know. How all right, go keep going. I'm check. sorry. But they, I went and I I went through all these great bands. All the bands that opened were as good as Evanescence. Like I don't know how they got such a group of bands together to travel and to perform together because it was like one of the best shows I've ever seen personally. But it was during their signature song that everyone's, you know, that was crazy about that the crowd got the most excited, right? And so what was happening is I was trying to sort of protect my group because we were right up front, like kind of maybe a, a third a third person back from May I from interject? Group. I know yeah. you. that's your favorite word, interject, when you're having a conversation. Mm-hmm. Do you think maybe the promoter the promoters called all the bands and worked out a deal to get them together? Probably. So that's probably how it happened. Probably what happened. <laughs> Most likely, right? Promoters. So, amazing, right? How that's just me being a prick, I'm sorry. But no, like, think about what goes into a show. Those promoters, like, they have a role to play, you know? Um, but, like, what happened was, is that as a tall guy, I'm a big guy, and people would, would be start crowd surfing and so it would be very easy for someone to just want to launch someone over me because I stuck out in the crowd in terms of my height and and so what was happening was there was someone coming off like they were headed headed toward the front of the crowd and I had one person in one hand and I had another person I was pushing with the other two people were crowd surfing and, I, and all of their weight came on like my hands and as I was pushing them forward someone threw a young man I don't know he must have been I don't know if he was 12 or not but he was a very small guy but they thought, oh, this one little dude won't do anything. Well, they threw that little guy on top of the other two people, and I collapsed. And I just started getting kicked and stuff in the mosh pit because like, I wasn't able to get up. I had, I had back issues um, for a while, actually, because of marching band and stuff. So I, I had to be dragged out of there. I had people screaming to, to like, save my life. Oh, was, my God. It's pretty extreme. Man, are you kidding me? So I get out there. No, I'm not kidding you. I get it out there, and I was crying like a little baby. Don't, 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 don't let me sell this like I was so tough, and I handled it really well. I handled it All poorly. right, so what you're saying is you got <laughs> screwed up. In I'm a mosh bad. pit at an Evanescent show. I totally did. And to the point that your back locked up and then you cried. Right, I cried about and it. And people had to drag you out. Um, that girlfriend and I did not last much longer after this show. But, but, the, what, the, what I love about the story. That doesn't sound t- very tough at all. I'm sorry. <laughs> not tough at all. Um, but I love about the story is that the, uh, the EMTs were like, we need to take you in. I'm like, no, I can't go to the hospital. Because again, I wasn't supposed to be there. I, I had snuck out. And so they're like, are you, you know, we, they wanted to take me in the ambulance. And I was like, no, no, I wouldn't, I refused to. And so what happened was my girlfriend just drove me home two hours and, and I was just writhing in pain in the back seat, crying like a little girl. And I made it home. But that show was a very pivotal moment in my life because I got up close and I got to see like these musicians and I got to see the mosh pit and I got to see, like, I had this, ex- this experience, like, tr- it's, it was worth the injury. <laughs> like, I, I, some of, like Revis, like just, just being able to get introduced to Revis. It is, a, it's not Revis? I'm telling you. It's, it's Revis? Revis. Okay. It's one that I do know. It's not Revis. It's Revis. Okay. I'm just making sure. Because it sounds like reverence. That's how I remember it. Okay. Yeah. No, but that's. So did you ever find out what happened to your back? Um, yeah, I, I had some doctors. Basically, I, I had a, 
condition that um, I had to get some physical therapy and things like that. Anatomical variance. No, no, it's a it's a condition. I forget the the medical term for it, but I had uh, you know the little bones that connect your vertebrate. I had one of them that was like messed up or something. Um, those little whatever. Anyway, I got some X-rays. I I'm fine. I mean, and and frankly. Um, one thing that's really helped my back is all this. I mean, I've lost 165, 170 pounds. I've, I've, I haven't weighed myself. So what was what about that show was so mind blowing for you? The you, fact that you could have, like, Revis was good enough to headline. They were, they were. I mean, they probably moved the crowd even more than Evanescence did. Frankly, I mean, no offense, Evanescence. They were amazing. Their show was incredible. But Revis and Die Trying, that, that other band that opened up from Die Trying, um, they they stole the show. And I couldn't believe, like, the skill level and the talent. And, and, and again, this is a band that, like, I idolized, and they had one professional album. They've come back, and they didn't, I think it's 2012 or 2011, they came back and did a few other singles and things. But as a, as a group, they were, they were their most successful one time. That, that, that album. Places for Breathing is the name of the album. I'm sure they probably make a living with their music still, though, right? I don't know. I, I the only thing I know is that Justin's still singing. Um, I know he does some, like he's a Christian, and I know he does like uh, church stuff. I know he sings in, in that field. I don't really know if he's done any solo stuff beyond that because this is the days of MySpace and things. So that's how I found out about what he was doing afterwards. But oh, I didn't know you were that old. I know, right? <laughs> I'm old. I am old. You know, old geezer over here. I'm younger than you, though, old man, sensei. So. Um, <laughs> So do you want to hear this I'm ready. version of Broken before we end I think this it, is a good way here? to end it. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. All right, do you want your plug in here? I'm going to need that. Oops. I'm going to need it. Okay, we got the plug, folks. You ready? Go. Yeah, go for it. I like this version better than the first one, personally. I don't know. The sound of Amy's voice. She sings like an angel, bro. Just listen to it, though, man. Give her a chance. Amy a chance. Guitar Center, bro? Yeah, Guitar Center. No way. Incredible. Again, so raw. Again, the raw. It's so raw. You know, 
there's something to it, man. So are we going out with this one? We might have to, man. This is... How do you top this? <laughs> Any uh, last words here? Well, I... Uh, if I get that, I'm going to play this out. I do want to thank all of you. I want to thank all of you for listening. Listeners, past, present, and future, um, our heroes, our peers, our brethren, our sisters, um, those of you who have chosen this high and sacred calling of music, we respect you and at any level, right? Artists. You are all inspiring to us. We're doing this for you because you are what moves us. You are what all of you help us heal with music. For us, music, music has been such a huge part of our lives. So I, I will offer this. Listeners, send us your music. Send us your art. Yes, please. If there's a band that you want us to nerd out over, make some requests. We'll listen to it. We'll talk about it. Um, we want this to be a communal type of thing. So, what? What's the tag on Twitter? If they want to get us at Twitter, Instagram at Inside Sound Cast. On Twitter and Instagram. On Twitter and Instagram, Inside Sound Cast. And if you want to find us, if you want to find me, Ryan's too shy to give his credentials. But it's at well, hey there, MJ. Too shy. On yeah, is, that shy. You're, is that what you're going to? Shy. At at well, hey there, MJ. Incrimination. And that's on Instagram as well false incrimination that's exactly right false it's false again if people want to find me they know where to find me man. I'm not <laughs> I don't need to promote myself <sighs> y'all can find him Ryan's not that hard to find inside the sound anyway I love the solo though we've never gotten this far into this are we going to release this song today yeah we'll release this today. one in behind the lines and take me home okay. those three those three Watch out for that, guys. We hope you like it. You will. <laughs> Until next time. Yeah, you will find us uh, inside the sound. Thank you for the facilities. Be good to each other, folks. We love you very much. As much as